Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help you find your authentic self in order to come from a confident decision-making place, an Akashic Records guide, Reiki master, and RTT therapist in the making. I'm a fellow seeker, and I've found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Welcome back to Liberate Your Soul. We're on a little mini series here on the show, a topic that I find fascinating and I hope you do too. Lately, it's been so much fun to watch these universal laws play out on a large scale and in my life. It's funny how that last law of correspondence comes into play, right? Last week, we talked about the microcosm and the macrocosm and the patterns that we see growing larger outside once our internal landscape is reflected back at us. However, what I'm talking about today is coming fast and furious this mid-June 2021 at this time because it's all about the law of sowing and reaping. Quick little shameless plug, I just realized my first published book It's a devotional that I had completed writing this time last year and held on to it because it didn't seem like the right time to put it out there, even though copywriting it went super fast. So anyways, I put out a little book. It's called Light Worker to Light Warrior. And if you're interested in it, there will be a link down in the show notes on how to get your hands on a copy how to join the community that's talking all about it, how to win all sorts of prizes and have fun, have some direct access to me and all the things that are going on with that juicy side of my life that I decided to share in the early days of COVID lockdown. It was so much fun to write and to inspire hope and weave in healing and prayers and Tons of biblical truths to help light workers transform into light warriors. It was just amazing. So I am not shameful about it in any way. And to learn about shame, go back to that episode. I am extremely proud of myself. It was a lot of work and it was really good. So this whole lockdown thing, plus the move and switching things around in my life, have me in such a state that all the days blend together and I can't remember exactly when this download came to me, but I was journaling one day after meditation and I was so deep into contemplation. I was like free writing and asking questions and getting answers and I got into this sort of amazing state of mind 
that you can kind of go into when you're in the zone, when you're meditating. And I hit this euphoria. It came over my whole body and I just felt the glow come over me. And I was like, of course, I will reap what I sow and what I sow is good and blessed. So everything I reap will come at harvest time. I'm getting ahead of myself though. This show isn't all about me, right? Right? (laughs) It's all about the lessons that I can share with you to help you up-level your life and live wholeheartedly with a freed soul and step into the life you want to live. If I tell you some stories, then, well, that's a byproduct, I guess. So sowing and reaping. Universal laws. We're on the fifth of 12 laws, and no, that doesn't mean go grab a fifth of whatever you're sipping on. It means there's still seven more to go after today. Yeah, math. I'm getting nerdy up in here already. So yeah, I'm getting silly up in here too, so sorry about that. I slipped and fell into the effects of a trampoline workout. Again, I've got the endorphins going. Ooh, okay. So... Explaining the law as it is known to the mystics, that's where I was. The law of sowing and reaping is also known as the cause, no, 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 as the law of cause and effect, that nothing happens by chance. Whatever we receive, we get as a result of the actions that we've already taken in the past. A direct relationship to our karma, if you will, from the deeds, the thoughts, the vibes that we've put out there already. So remember that I've been saying for four episodes now that these laws build upon themselves. You're probably tired of me saying that, and you're probably noticing it yourself now, but this law is very evident and very easy for me to present the case. I can make up fake stories or share some of my own, but you can relate them to times in your life when you've made smart choices or rash decisions and faced the consequences. I'm also going to weave in here some scriptural truths and kind of how there's analogies that I found on an amazing website that was really cool. So the scripture here is from Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8, and it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So this website that I found, it's called angelfire.com, which I love. Um, It says that biblically, God has the opportunity to extend the bountifulness of your harvest beyond the proportion to your sowing. And I'll explain that a little bit later. But you reap in kind, the same as what you sowed. So basically, let's say you're a farmer, you get up in the morning, you go out to your cornfield. The reason it's a cornfield is because you planted corn there. (laughs) It's corn. It's been growing. You would be excited if you went out and there were persimmons and stuff. You would only find persimmons if you planted persimmon seeds. It's a basic law of nature. It's an integral part of God's creation. The principle was repeated over and over in the creation account 
back in the book of Genesis. So this principle seems to be in contradiction to the previous one, but it's not. It states that you reap in proportion to what you sow. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's beautiful, right? And it's kind of one of those um, laws that goes negatively and positively. It's like one of those promises that God makes. It operates for those who only sow a little, and it operates for those who sow a lot. So still, according to Angel Fire, it says, you reap in a different season than when you sowed. So when a farmer goes out and plants his seeds in the ground, he does not plan on coming out the very next day to partake of the harvest. He knows that there may there's a first um, long period of growth. Several months will pass before the season of harvest will arrive. During this time of waiting, there is always the temptation to believe that the harvest will not come to pass. There was that whole reaping more than what we planted, that whole part, they went on to explain about how farmers, they plant a watermelon and the return on what they planted is not one single watermelon, but a crop of them. They yield a profit and if they're favorable conditions, they can make a pretty good living doing that. Sometimes they reap 30 fold, sometimes they reap 60 fold, sometimes they reap 100 fold, but they always reap more than what he sowed. The same is true in life. It is true for the Christian and it's true for the non-Christian. Again, these are universal laws, right? My kitten echoes the sentiment. The price of discipleship is great. There is toil and sacrifice involved, but the reward of discipleship is much greater. How can we put this law into practical terms beyond farming and discipleship? Like looking at life today all around us. Well, when the reaping and sowing meditation came about, I can tell you I was weary. I don't remember what day it was, but it was like in the middle of one of my five subject notebooks, of which there are many. I've been a business owner for over three years now, and it's been a long, hard row, right? So I had also been rejected by my entire family. My savings was dwindling. Debt was starting to mount up. I was about to invest big time in something for a launch. I had no support other than my husband and my coaches at the time, and I needed direction. I needed guidance. Of course, I always have God. I always have my higher power. I had opened the Akashic Records through prayer, and I believe it was on the last podcast episode that I had made the promise that I was going to read you what I wrote in my journal. So I'm going to read to you now what I wrote. So here's what it said. Why is my hair shedding now? Like a cat who stresses and loses hair under duress, you have chosen to let go of a piece of yourself when cutting people out of your life. Hormones react to the stress of attack and you let go of a part of yourself associated with power and dignity. How can I stop it? Setting the intention has already set the wheels in motion. Continuing to worry will only worsen the situation. Let go of the thoughts and remember the feeling of brushing your hair when you were 19, living in Green Valley, the fullness of it, and how it shone so. What can I do to increase my readiness for the course? Continue to pray for guidance and that the appropriate students and clients make their way to you. 
There's nothing stopping you. Just let it happen. Should I invest in the software now or after the signups? Will there be funding to pay all the bills? What is next financially? And I wrote down, just then a pay bills reminder popped up on my phone, which I wrote down and wrote, ha ha, <laughs> so just pay the bills. I saw people in a chamber with seed pods to keep watering the seeds of faith and don't worry about who or how. When I asked if there was anything else I needed to know, I was told to remember who I am with my best friend from childhood, whom I believe is a longtime listener. Thank you, bestie. I love you. When I'm happy and really feeling all of the feelings of trust and who I am without fear or judgment, just silly flow of consciousness and creation of who I am is when I attract in the most goodness into my life. Nothing can harm me or take away my spirit. I have all I need in order to create the life I live. So now you know a little about the journaling that can happen when I write in the intuitive realm from the soul records and the types of flow that can happen when I really need help from the divine. But what does this have to do with sowing and reaping, you ask? So after I followed this advice, I paid my bills, I made the investment, I quit stressing about my hair, and remembered who I am when I'm silly, trusting, without fear. I sold spots in my course and had my highest grossing course ever. I had coaching spots, bills paid, and all sorts of goodness. COVID had happened shortly after that, but I got given a new seed to plant, the book that I had just announced. Obedient to that, I went to work and I wrote out the book in totality in four months while seeing clients, teaching, and doing the podcast and working full time. Our seeds that we plant do not instantly grow fruit. Remember when we talked about watering them? Yes, like I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes about faith and what it is, I have a print on the wall that says pray, wait, and trust. We don't plant a seed in the ground and expect a giant oak tree to provide us shade the next day, or crops of almonds to just fall from the sky and fill our bellies. It takes time, nurturance, faith, and trust that those seeds you sow will return what you put them in with. So let's really examine this law. As a man sows, so shall he reap. If you're thinking good thoughts, doing good deeds, helping folks, providing value in the lives of others, people are going to return those favors in spades. When you're down on your luck, then there are going to be people who are by your side helping you out and lifting you up. But if you're a negative Nelly, naysaying everyone and shaking your head and your fist at the sight of anyone having a dream or having some fun, guess what happens when you need something? Nothing. You're going to be all alone. Or only some fool who's a glutton for punishment will come to your aid anyway. I had a terrible boss one day say to me, nothing I've ever done in anger had a good result. It was the wisest thing he ever said. That man was pure awfulness and cold revenge, by the way. He was a dirtbag. The only reason people are nice to him is because he believes the golden rule of he who has the gold makes the rules. Not my version of the golden rule. But I have done some things in anger. Burned bridges while I was still standing on them. Acted foolish and irresponsibly. Petty even. 
Oh, yes. This woman you listened to was an angry bird when she was young. Before I reunited with Jesus, I was a dumb and foolish woman. Let me tell you about a time in my life when I was hurting and how it all played out. I was about 21 years old, and I was angry at the world. I was mad at God, mad at myself, mad at my family. I just couldn't understand why God would leave a girl like me in an abusive situation and force me to have to move away and leave my sister there and eventually have her choose between the lesser of two evils, an emotionally vacant person for a physically dangerous situation. But I digress. I was furious. I had come off of two breakups from guys who had hurt me deeply with lying, cheating, and was in a new relationship that would ultimately become my first husband. So one day I was driving my little pickup truck home and all I wanted to do was drink some Kahlua and milk until I didn't feel so angry. I had the house to myself for a little while, so I had a plan for the ice cold milk and the fresh bottle of Kahlua that I splurged on. So I got the truck lined up and pulled it in the driveway, except the gate wasn't open all the way. It stopped at my door and I got angry and I decided, F it. (laughs) So I pressed the gas pedal and I decided to let my truck do the heavy lifting and get the gate out of the way. Except the gate decided it didn't want to move out of the way. It was going to be just as stubborn as I am. (laughs) And my truck dented and it scraped and it cried out and the fence ultimately did move. But my anger increased because my little truck was scraped up. It was awful. So now the anger was at myself. How could I be so stupid and lazy? Why didn't I just park the truck and get out and move the gate? Why was I so insistent that my partner move the gate or I just go for it? Dummy. Out of the truck I went and down went my bottle of Kahlua. Crack. It broke. Liquor spilling all over the concrete. Dang it. I shouldn't have splurged and bought it in the first place. I had really wanted it at that point too. I was like, dang. Okay. But I said to myself, that gives me another chance to drive out and back in and do the right thing with the gate this time. (laughs) Poor truck, stupid me. But there have been plenty of times I sowed in love and compassion and kindness and reaped the same in heaps and volumes. Volunteering at the horse ranch for kids with disabilities makes my heart open so wide There's a girl there who's probably well into her 30s, probably, but severely mentally and physically handicapped. She's aware of what's happening, but she's fearful of falling, fearful of what can happen, and she always asks, can you help me? She has the tonality of someone who's deaf, and I say, yep, I'll help you, and she says, oh, good. She loves getting encouragement, and when it's the part of the lesson to run with the horse, she's so scared. Can you help me? Yeah, I'm right here. So having me or someone by her side leading the horse, she knows that she's safe, and she feels so incredibly reassured. And after it's done, just one side of the little inside track, she's proud of herself for doing it. 
When the lessons are all done, she gives a big old hug and she smiles and she's so happy and kind. Once she got to know me after a few lessons and we got to work together again, she lit up like the sun. It was clearly evident that she felt like she got the best helper and I felt like I got the best kid. I love all the kids, but having a responsive, enthusiastic writer who clearly enjoys themselves is a true joy. Doing my part to help in the community through volunteering, making sure the horses are tended to as well, it can be depleting for some of them. If it's a hard day for some of the kids or hot, or even if the instructor's grumpy, (laughs) horses are pretty sensitive, it pays dividends that I can't even explain. It allows me to give back and receive at the same time. So let's put this law in terms of the physical. If you eat nutritious food and move your body for exercise, that is sowing for good health. You'll increase the feelings of wellness, stamina, how you look, how you feel, and reduce health risks. If you don't take steps to do these things though, you're sowing up for a harvest of healthcare. Many people in my former life overdrank, oversmoked, overdid everything. They didn't take care of themselves in numerous ways. Whether it was family I married into or even my own family, they just didn't take care of the vessel. And it doesn't make sense to me once I realized the finality of life. When I was little, I used to beg my parents not to smoke. My sisters and I even threw away their cigarettes. And as I got older, I ended up joining them because subconscious things die hard, but I did quit eventually. And during yet another meditation, it was a time when I was attuned to Reiki. I was shown a beautiful vision and it was explained to me that humans are the only species on the planet that when they're harmed or damaged by another external force, they continue and perpetuate the self-harm through ways of negative intake of cigarettes or overdoing those things that are bad for them, cutting, self-mutilation, negative self-talk, and more. Other species rally together to surround the hurt one and protect it, like dolphins and elephants and other large mammals, but humans tear one another and themselves down, down, down into pits of despair and depravity. To what end? Why? Why do we do this? There is another way. We can speak life and give life force energy to one another through prayer, support, coaching, love, empathy, and kindness. Nurturing one another and giving ourselves grace through the hard times until we weather the storms to become more resilient. Should we do another plant analogy? (laughs) I thought so. Okay, if you're sick of plant analogies, maybe you should just get a plant. Okay, get a plant and tag me in it on Instagram in honor of my new book. My handle is at Kelly Pierce author. Okay, go, go now, do it. But if we think of sowing and reaping and ourselves as the seeds, then no matter what age you are, the water and sunlight, air and soil, The things that you've had around you all your life have formed you into who you are today. The fruit in your life is the fruit of your growth. The labor toiled about from the people around you, 
whether they've plowed up your fields and jacked you up, hand raised here, or if your stalk is hardy and thick and your branches are raised to the sky, proudly demonstrating the leaves and the growth that you have each year. And the dropped ones each fall, things that no longer serve you, habits, thoughts, things, people, stuff that just doesn't fit the version of you that you are anymore, freeing up space for new growth in the spring. And during wintertime, you're not dead, but merely protecting against the new elements, the harshness of what there is out there, the cold, turning inward in reflection, keeping yourself warm and preparing for those new seasons. Sowing in the flesh will keep you toiling away at what you can get, but sowing in the spirit will keep you busy in the mindset of what you can give. If you feel like you can't get enough, maybe it's because you aren't giving enough. I saw a meme the other day and it was so cool. It said God gave us a mouth that closes and ears that don't for a reason. Now I know this is a podcast and if it was a bunch of dead air, you would probably turn it off. (laughs) But what if you just listen for a second to your intuition, to your soul, your higher self? What would they have to say about how you're living and what is going on with you? Can you ask yourself some tough questions like I did during my journaling? The scariest question that I asked was, is there anything else that I need to know? I had no idea where they would go with that. It could have been, quit now. You're never going to do anything with this. But it wasn't. And more recently, the message has been louder and clearer. Keep going. That is the theme of this episode, too. Sowing and reaping is more about watering, tending, keeping at it. Keep going. If you have a dream or something in your heart that you want more than anything else, then plant the seed. Dig the soil. Put your heart DNA into it and go for it. Share up out there. Share with the goodness, the gold that is your truest and best version of you. If you fail, and you will, that's okay. Seeds come in packets, not just one. Failing is succeeding. Farmers know that when they put crops out, it's not a one-for-one return. It's an investment they make year over year that gets hardier, healthier, easier, and they themselves get smarter, faster, and better at it each time they clear out a row. It can seem scary as hell to do it, but oh, does it feel nice when that movement comes through the soil and you see some of the reward when a soul is saved or a breakthrough is made in your relationship because you didn't give up the faith, because you kept at it and you knew there was life in that seed. Keep going. See the vision. Plant the seeds and remember, the harvest isn't immediate. But it is guaranteed if you do not quit. If you nurture and tend to the crop. No matter what it is that it looks like, underneath appearances, things are happening. Pray, wait, and trust. Consider carefully the spirit in which you approach all things. Can you be more humble, kind, gentle, thoughtful, and joyful? Can you let go of doubt, fear, jealousy, spite, resentment, or anger? What will the results be when you do? 
Nobody ever punished their way to success. How will the fruit taste coming from one set of emotion versus the other? I hope that this episode inspired you to consider the law of sowing and reaping, cause and effect in new ways than you've thought of before. If you did, and you think that it'll help someone else, then please press that subscribe button and give us a review. It really does a world of good to get the word out there. For more information on how to get a copy of Lightworker to Light Warrior and into the community for mindset growth and support throughout your journey, go into the show notes and check that out. You can also send a note to hello at soulhealingsanctuary.com or info at quantumhighways.com. Next week, we are going to talk about another law. We're going to talk about the law of compensation. And no, this doesn't have anything to do with federal minimum wage controversy. (laughs) It's going to be so good. So I hope that you're enjoying this series as much as I have been enjoying putting it together with you. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And you know what's going to happen. It's going to layer on the other laws. Brace yourself. But think about this week what you do in terms of what you're sowing. Whether you're ready to reap or whether you're waiting for your harvest. And keep going. Until next time, take care. Take care.